Optophobia, the fear of opening one's eyes. This podcast is dedicated to encouraging you, our listeners, to move beyond that fear, to solve riddles they don't want us to unriddle, to investigate supposedly ironclad truths, to unearth evidence buried for so long they believed it would stay buried. Season 1. A Cold War-era military base in the Horn of Africa called Cagnew Station. For years, there was an official story about a U.S. intelligence project at Cagnew, codenamed Stonehouse. The project included a pair of 15-story parabolic antennas that the American government claimed was simply part of a powerful radio communications operation. But as the space race with the Soviet Union intensified, that cover story looked increasingly flimsy. By the 1970s, civil war forced the U.S. from Ethiopia, and Cagnew Station closed for good. Or did it? What was Stonehouse, really? What happened at Cagnew Station between 1974 and 1991 when violence and war gave perfect cover to any shadowy agency, organization, or cabal seeking it? This season on Optophobia, we'll track down the distortions, the assumptions, the omissions. Are you bored by the lies? Open your eyes. Hi, everybody. I'm your host, Sidney Clute. When you're in your own town or city, you know instinctively where you're going. You can give people directions based on the memory map that you have in your brain. It's different when we're in an unfamiliar place with un- unfamiliar surroundings. We have to rely on actual maps, or more likely these days, GPS on your phone. But what about when our phones aren't connectable? And we have to rely on old navigational instruments like compasses or astrolabes or sextants. What if everything you knew about how we're oriented toward our surroundings and each other was totally wrong? This week's guest knows a lot about navigational instruments, and she's going to tell us about how the Stonehouse antennas may have turned our world literally upside down. But first, just a quick update about a Cagnew thread we've been pulling over the last month or so. Last week, I told you about how the U.S. was using Stonehouse to help connect the Pentagon with nuclear submarines in the Indian Ocean. At the same time, a different scientific team at Cagnew was harnessing the power of Stonehouse to experiment with the ionosphere, the part of the Earth's atmosphere that reflects radio waves. Those experiments may have allowed the U.S. to turn the ionosphere itself into a massive antenna that made it possible for Washington's military communications to penetrate deep into the Indian Ocean. That let American ballistic missile subs remain submerged and undetected by the Soviet Navy. But there's evidence that in heating up the ionosphere, Stonehouse was actually changing it. Research indicates that electrons from the disrupted ionosphere attached themselves to radio communications between the Pentagon and those submarines. Simultaneously, Over the course of nine months in 1966 and 1967, 
23 sailors assigned to those nuclear submarines patrolling the Indian Ocean were diagnosed with sudden psychotic delusional disorder. My guess is that aside from the troubling nature of those diagnoses for the Navy, the potential of a crippling but non-lethal weapon for a U.S. military in the middle of a non-lethal war with the Soviet Union was very exciting. So I'm going to try to find out what happened to those sailors and see if I can find anything more on how the Pentagon began weaponizing these stray ionosphere electrons via the Stonehouse antennas. So lots more to look into. But this week, I'm here with my regular co-host, Verizon Fio sales analyst, Hassan Gray, host of the Not My Problem podcast. Hey, Hassan. Hi, what's going on? Glad to be back. Glad to be back. Although I've got some bad news and some updates. Kimberly found out through normal channels that uh, she switched from Fios to Comcast. She found out that she switched? No, I found out that she, that switched. she switched. She was a Verizon customer yeah. the entire time we were dating. Well, that's how you were keeping tabs that's on That's how I was keeping tabs on her. And now I found out because I was just doing a customer search at work. You know, as I do, she didn't pop up. And then a colleague of mine told me, he gave me the letter. She said she'd like to discontinue her service with us. I wonder what took her so long. Well, she was under a two-year contract. Oh. Yeah, so she, she, so she kn- yeah, she knew that we would get her with fees and penalties if she did um, discontinue uh, early. What does that mean for you in terms of being able to track her uh, movements? Um, think I'm going to have to um, start looking for jobs. Oh, you're going to leave Verizon? I don't want to say that I'm going to leave Verizon, but I, I'm not uh, against um, a free market where I can work for my competitor and at my home uh, place of occupation at the same time. And you have confirmed that Kimberly is definitely with Comcast. Oh, yeah. She's got triple play. Oh. Yeah, she's got triple play, which that seems to also be a dig at me because she knows that I'm not good at baseball. Yeah. That seems like she's, you know, just driving that knife deeper into my back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But on the podcast front, I've got an a update on. Uh, oh, good. Yeah. What's going on with Not My Problem? Well, I've been, as you know, it's been 15 years. I've got five listeners, all just other people who install at the Verizon Files, all my cable people. Um, all your listeners are also your guests. Yeah, all, all my listeners are also always my guests. I've realized that the reason why for the past 15 years that I haven't been gaining listeners, I'm not advertising. Oh. So I went out and got me a couple advertisers. Now, if you don't mind, I'd like to say them. Oh, sure. Okay, great. So one of the uh, advertisers I got, a company called Heinz, uh, it's called Ketchup, Ketchup Seasoning. Oh, yeah, Ketchup. Let me just do the the copy here. Ketchup seasoning. You ever go out to dinner with a group of people and fall behind eating dinner and you say, oh, crap. If you're looking around the table and other people are like on their last couple bites, but you still have two thirds of your plate to finish. You just sprinkle, pull this out of your purse or your satchel and you put this on the food you're eating and you sprinkle it. Boy, you'll start eating much faster. So it's ketchup seasoning. Um and then I've also got a... So that was the first ad? Yeah, that's the first ad that I run. For sponsor. Ketchup season. And I get to run that for six months, and then they get to decide if they want to renew. The second ad I have is for Lisa Mattress. Okay. It's actually Lease-A-Mattress. Oh, so like rent. Yeah, but with Lisa. Lease, yeah. Yeah, and uh, the copy for that is, um, you know how you don't always have to buy a car? Well, why do we have to buy a mattress? Lisa Mattress. Do your dirty and then return it to the store. Do the companies write that copy or do, do they let you do that? 
that's actually companies. Um, they wrote that copy and said, I have to read it word for word. So that copy you just read came directly from their advertising like agency or something? Yep. It's a startup. Okay. I apologize if it's not good. No. I mean, it's your business. Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully that gets you more listeners. Yep, hopefully. Uh, as always, if you are new to the CAG News story and want some of the background, you can listen to our first episode or you can go to our website, optophobia.org, for the context. Unfortunately, the guest we were going to talk to this week, Nooksack, Washington-based bailiff and author Mary Vanderstank, had to cancel. Last week, Mary's ebook, Secretive Cold War-era U.S. military bases in Africa, was recalled by her publisher, Cowan Sons Press and Gasoline Station. It seems that Mary made up a bunch of things in her book, including stories about a 1952 USO tour of Africa that included celebrities blacklisted by the House Un-American Activities Committee, an entire chapter about a game of Naked Twister involving Charlie Chaplin, Lena Horne, and Burgess Meredith at Nuasser Air Base in Morocco was totally fabricated according to a Cowan Sons press release. Uh. But we really lucked out because our guest this week, Kim Ingram, a scout from Mustardton, South Carolina, was available to come on the show. Kim, welcome to Optophobia. Thank you. Hello, Kimberly. How Hello. are you doing? Uh, Kim. Kim? Yes. Okay, that's going to cause me some problems. Yeah, well. well yeah, I, mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I know, but I'm going to get tripped up. That's well, right. What do you mean? I'm just used to saying the full name. Kimberly's my mother, so okay. I'll just go by Kim. That's okay with everybody here. Yeah. yeah. Kim, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you uh, for having me on. I know it's last minute, but I'm so glad to be here. And really just, it's great to meet both of you. I'm avid listener, avid. And I just wanted to say that I love my town. Love my town. Always have, always will. Big supporter of the Lions here in town. They are the best football team in the nation. I know y'all know that. Also, number two in women's basketball. That's my sport. I would say my number one sport that I'm scouting for. Yeah, they're they're number one in football, number two in basketball. Number two in, in women's basketball, number four in men's. Yep. Mm-hmm. But we were on our way up. But that that's not what I'm here to talk about today. What I would like to talk about is the Stonehouse antennas. I'm not sure if y'all are aware, if y'all ever felt that things maybe seem off. Yeah. Have you ever felt that? that of course. You know, you thought what was up was actually down. Mm. What was east was actually west. What was love was actually lost. Well, yeah. What was grief was actually joy. Mm. Have you ever thought about that? Not contradictory, really, but sort of like a little bit opposite of what what you think is reality. Exactly. Yeah. And I think sometimes if you take a little bit longer to dig into something, you see what's really there. You see what's really there and what's been in front of you the whole time is behind you exactly yeah exactly let's go back a little bit and tell us you said you loved your hometown yes thank you where is musterton and tell us a little bit about Mm -hmm. it musterton is about 45 miles east of columbia i will use east i'll put quotations around that because we'll get further into that but i will say Mm -hmm. for the maps that y'all may have is east of Columbia. For as as the maps have been drawn for, that we were used to, it's east of it's Columbia. It's east of Columbia. Okay. But we'll find out the truth. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I, I can already tell we're on the same page. Mm-hmm. Of course. And we're clear on how we're going to use this language. Musterton isn't a big metropolis, right? It's a no, town. No, small town. We got about two stoplights. 
one main restaurant, but it's a town full of heart, you know? Like, you know those towns that just yeah. everybody, we coming together. We shut the town down. Yeah, which is easy game. to yeah, which is easy to do because there's there's just the two streets and the, the, two and the streets. one um, one restaurant. We right? usually just drive down the street, put our fingers out, let everybody know we're shutting it down. Yeah, shutting and it everybody down. knows they got to come on, either go on to your house or come to the game. I love towns like that because it's it's like it's one of those towns that's ready to like pack up and move when the shit hits the fan oh, at any yeah, minute. Yeah, at any minute, we all have go bags too. I don't know if you're familiar with having a go bag, but we all got our go bags and we got them right there at the front door. My go bag has um, not one, but two different uh, electrolyte packets in it. Well, that's standard. Yeah. I thought I put one packet in there and I said, I don't know how far I got to go and I don't want to be out of electrolyte. At least have two. Yeah. Got to have at least two. And I'm telling you, we start them go bags when you're about two years old. Mm-hmm. You you are given mm-hmm. your first Little, it's a mini bag, mm-hmm. but you're giving your first bag right there, too, mm-hmm. to be ready. And if you want to update it, I'm not sure you know this, Sid, but if you want to update your go bag, you have to purchase the items yourself after you reach age like 10 or 12. Oh, yeah. You have to purchase the items. Part of growing oh, yes. up. Yeah. Oh, well, you're an adult. Yeah, you're an adult, man. Are these go bags to go to the game? They could be to go to the game, to go underground and you never know what's going to happen uh, you got to be ready yeah, yeah, and that's go, what i'm saying yeah to go camp outside kimberly's house mm-hmm. now that's you're not talking about my mama now no no i'm talking about my, my okay. so i dated a woman well let's just Kimberly. i just want to be clear yeah i'm not talking about your mom okay. I, will, I will not camp outside her house i'm just saying mm-hmm. i use my go bag for a lot of things i mean that's very important to us have your go bag and be ready to go at all times and making sure the town closes when it's time to close, uh-huh. and we pack everything up. It sounds like there's a there's a broad understanding about the sense of community that that everybody knows has each other's back, has each other's go bag. Yes, mm-hmm. shuts down when there's the game, mm-hmm. closes down the two lights if needed. Oh, of course. And how did you be? How did you start your career as a scout? It was really just through the love and support uh, from my town. Mm. And I wanted to make sure we had the best and the brightest right here and that, that they also could have the best and the brightest education wherever they wanted to go. I'm helping both sides, you know, bringing people into the town, helping people find their way to other places. Mm-hmm. I'm doing both. I have a, a really warm feeling about Musterton. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk a little bit to Kim about about Cagney Station. Thanks for being here, Kimberly. Kim. Kim. Hey, Optophobes. So I've talked to you guys the last couple of weeks about a company called Blend Venom Solutions and how executives there are pretty pissed off at our show. Blend Venom Solutions is the parent company of Spikenard monocled Cobrasolve, which we'd been advertising on our first several shows. But SMCS was more of an aspirational sponsor than a real one. And Blend Venom's founder, Mr. Gizzard Charlemagne, was alarmed when he heard how we were pitching one of his products. We received a note from Fran St. Podge, Blend Venom's director of civil enforcement North America, asking me to read some very specific language to Optophobia's listeners due to, quote, concerns over the unauthorized use of our registered and common law trademarks. I had misplaced that letter, but Miss St. Podge helpfully re-emailed it to me this week. Here are the key paragraphs. 
Gizzard Charlemagne created Blend Venom Solutions as a way to help solve a public health emergency in the United States and to create relief for individual giant Americans. Spikenard monocled Cobrasol has been honored with numerous awards, most notably the 2011 Finest Fat Dissolving Pomade, given by the Balm and Liniment Society of America. Since its founding in 2004, Blend Venom Solutions has built a global reputation for embrocations, vulneraries, and collyriums that contribute to improved health outcomes for thousands and employ dozens of snake handlers across eastern Nepal, and it will continue to do so for the next 100 million years. Okay, so I think now we're no longer in trouble, right? Gird for the burn. Okay, we're back with our guest, Kim Ingram. Kim, you were telling us about Mustardton, about your scouting career, and you had mentioned before this very interesting notion of east being west and north being south, forward being backward and in front being behind. And grief being joy. Grief being joy. Mm-hmm. My ex-girlfriend righted me because she didn't. She, I, I used to say she left me. Mm. She, she righted She righted me. Righted you. Yep. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Tell us about how that connects to the Stonehouse antennas and Cagney mm-hmm. Station. Well, I'll tell you first. I was on a journey. I've actually ventured out to the beaches of South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And I was there just, you know, having a little vacation, doing a little extra tourism. You know, I support the entire... Hot dog. I'm from Myrtle Beach, so oh, keep... That's my favorite. Yep. That's my favorite. And I was there, and I noticed that there were a lot of metal items just circling around the antennas. Mm-hmm. I said, this ain't right. What is this? This don't make no sense. Why are they coming over here? These are like magnets. And I started to think, like, what does that mean? And then I I started digging a little deeper and realizing that the waters there were much colder than they're supposed to be. You're talking about the waters? The waters. By Cagney? Yeah. Uh Mm-hmm. Okay. And so then I start researching more, and I'm seeing South Pole waters, penguins. That doesn't make any sense. You can't find penguins in the South Pole. No, that, that means it's not the South Pole. Oh, crap. You see what I'm saying? Okay. Yep. Oh, that's yeah. not it. That's true. There are no penguins in the there South Pole. There are no penguins. So why would there be penguins? Penguins are hanging out in the South Pole. means it's actually the North Pole. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm saying, and I don't, want, I don't like throwing this word out here lightly, but I'm going to throw it. Mm-hmm. North supremacists. North supremacists. Flipping things yep. around. Mm. North supremacist. Yeah. And I don't use that word lightly. Oh, no. You, that's that's one of those words you don't just throw out there. I don't just throw yeah. it out there. Mm-mm. So, Kim, are you saying that the Stonehouse antennas weren't antennas at all, but they were magnets? Yes. Changing the polarization of the very planet for which we exist on. Exactly. And those magnets were so strong that they reoriented the entire north-south structure of the earth completely and we didn't even know it we don't even know it and it's like it's been it's the truth has been buried mm-hmm. and here we are uncovering digging it up it's like the north will rise again and that's what they want yeah that's what they want well, the people who constructed these magnets did they mean to reorient the entire structure of the planet and if so to what 
And so I think they accidentally like fell into it, but once they saw it, they said, okay, we can make this work for mm-hmm. us and didn't tell nobody about it. So they saw an opportunity in a mistake. I'm telling you, they're tracking us from our cell phones straight from Cagnew. So if you disorient people, look at the disruption you're doing in their daily lives. Uh, uh, knock on wood if you are, you know, beholden to your GPS. Mm-hmm. And if that gets topsy-turvy, then what? You know, you can't find out where you're going. You can't tell what you're, you're driving. You don't know if you even, are you here or are you there? Yeah, you don't know which, you don't know, you don't know which street Kimberly's moved to. Kim, are you no, talking I'm, about me? I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about my, my mama. I'm not talking about okay. your mommy. I'm talking about my ex. Like I, if I, if my GPS is not working, I can't follow where Kim's moving to because if it's saying she's on North uh, Adams Street. Now you say Kim, Kim, so now you're talking about me. <sighs> so that was a pet name I gave Kimberly. Oh. What I'm saying is when I, if I find out Kimberly, not your mama, oh. my ex is on North Adams Street, but it's really South Adams Street, mm-hmm. who's going to look like a fool when he shows up to the house knocking on the door? And it's, you know, it's an Asian couple. Exactly. Yeah. So the purpose of this. Last name Kim. Last name Kim. Mm-hmm. So the, those people who figured out that this mistake had changed the entire orientation of the planet, their opportunity that they saw was in confusion, mm-hmm. right? Not In control. And control. Mm-hmm. You control that. You control it. Like you said, you control a GPS. Yeah, because if you can create chaos, you can control people. Mm-hmm. What did this do in recent years to the digital navigational industry. If I'm looking at my phone and I'm seeing turn right on Adams Street, am I actually turning left? You should be. Or I should be turning left. You should be be. turning left, yeah. But you're turning right. This is why I've started to hook my phone up and then I just turn upside down. Like I got a little display that I get my phone up so I can watch the... uh, where it's supposed to go. I put it in and I turn it upside down. I've been finding out on average it's taken me 30 minutes less to get to where I need to go because the directions are actually proper now. That's perfect. And, you know, I would also recommend if you slow down the directions Mm. in that like hesitation, you can actually hear what it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's some hidden, some hidden things in there. Directions. Yeah. Oh, there's hidden directions in the in, in the that, voice. It's there. Yeah. Sometimes I say take a right on um, Constitution Avenue when it's really like take a right left the Constitution Avenue. Like it's the it's in voice. it's in there, but it's you don't there. hear it when it's just at full speed. You have to slow it down because you down. get that little clip in there. And you're like, okay, now I know what's really going on. Mm-hmm. But you really have to know this in order to abide by it. If you, I mean, otherwise, oh, it would yeah. be confusing as hell. Causing the chaos. Causing the chaos. Yeah. I mean, but I've been after. I've been. Preaching, I've been telling people. Now, Musterton, we know. We know. Yeah. And that's why we've been shutting the town down. Yeah. So everyone in Musterton is aware of this and navigates their walking around town, driving around town, the exact opposite of what other people would. We have actually, if I'm a, and I think all towns should do this. We've gotten rid of all street signs. Mm -hmm. Just all of them. Because you can't trust Can't trust them. Yeah. Because those were put in, those were put in place before. You know, we knew what actually the direction is supposed to be. So, like, just got rid of them all. And you just got to find your way. And you will. You will, eventually. Mm-hmm. Are the people who, you know, took advantage of of this mistake at Cagno, these magnets, do they know what you're doing and are they trying to stop you? Yeah, I'm starting to make waves. And, and I can feel it. Even North Carolina, <laughs> they're like, uh-uh, we're not South Carolina. I'm like, they're even they are trying to fight me. 
and I'm getting letters in my mail mm-hmm. now, and I don't even have a real address. So how are they sending me letters? Mm. So North Carolina is South Carolina. Yeah. Boom. Switch them to Dakotas too. Mm-hmm. What about West Virginia? See, you know, and I feel like you're not a believer by throwing that question out there. Well, no, I mean, I'm I'm trying to think about how there are some things that don't have an opposite and what happens to that group of people. I said, I'm not trying to do nothing here crazy, but this is just positive in question. Yeah. Is there a Virginia on the West Coast? So then wouldn't West Virginia really be East Virginia? Mm. Oh, my God. Yeah, I never even thought about it like that. See? Yep. There's no Virginia on the West Coast, nope. and, this, and the West Coast is really the East Coast. Yeah, and West Virginia's over here on the what? Yeah. They made a mistake. There are clues. Yeah, it's There's all clues out there. like that. Mm-hmm. That's a clue. If you open your eyes, you find them. It all makes sense. The magnets at Cagnu, powerful enough to reorient the Earth, they're older now. They've been around for a long time. Are they? I would imagine they would have to be maintained in order to keep up with constant reorientation Mm -hmm. of the entire world so there must be a group of people who are doing that kind of maintenance at the base oh i guarantee it because and now i'm telling you we've seen this in musterton there are glitches where things kind of reset and you're like ha so you you can see that the mainframe isn't completely tight Mm -hmm. you know there's mate there's they're missing it Mm -hmm. and that's why when we shut everything down in the town Right around 10.30, things go back to normal. Oh, so that's when everything resets at 10.30. But you've got to be ready for it. Yeah. We do something similar at uh, Verizon Files with our customers sometimes with their internet. Where they get used to a pattern and then we have a glitch in the system that they think is a glitch, but it's really, you know. That's when they do an update. We're on purpose causing chaos. Like a refresh of the... A refresh of the system. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm causing chaos on purpose just to let them know let's see who's really out there using our service there's already chaos built into this system i can imagine that if your story got out there and people started understanding what you're telling them that the chaos that would ensue from that would be many times in magnitude what it already is because people would just be totally walking left and there should be well i guess they're already doing that you're catching on Mm-hmm. You're catching on. Food for thought. Mm-hmm. And I'm starving. Grab a fork. Grab a plate. Uh, I want to thank this week's guest, Kim Ingram. Oh, I, I don't I'm even sorry. know how to get out of I, here. I don't. Now. Um, before we go, I had uh, one more. I forgot to mention one of my sponsors for my podcast. Oh, sure. Uh, can I do one more of my sponsors for Not My Problem? Yeah, please. Okay. <clears throat> it's called Dental Dam. You ever been in the waiting room of a... A dentist waiting room and it's been overcrowded and you know that you were next up for your appointment you just put this over your face and scream as loud as you can until they call your name dental dam again that the ad agency for dental dam wrote that yep copy for you i read the copy as it comes in i don't change a word you've got three three sponsors now for, yeah i hope i hope that it turns things around for the podcast you have almost as many sponsors as you've had guests in 15 years don't remind me sid and listeners yeah don't I'm hoping that this gives me a boost. Well, this is great. Thank you to my co-host this week, Hassan Gray. He's the host of the increasingly popular podcast, Not My Problem. Find it wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Next week, we'll talk to Jefferson B. Kafribel, a pest control worker from Shongaloo, Louisiana, who has found evidence that between 1974 and 1991, 
a dark period during Ethiopia's civil war that we've talked about extensively on this show. The base was ground zero for an international sex cult led by Yarko Hikipa, former guitarist of the 70s Finnish prog rock band Dinko Gunt. Uh, that should be interesting. Thanks for listening to Optophobia. I am Sidney Clute, and I'll leave you with this. Make sure to travel to parts unknown. If you've got theories about what was really going on at Cagnew Station, we'd like to hear them. You can find us on our website, optophobia.org, or on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at at optophobes. And please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Thank you to Crystal Ramser, who played Kim Ingram. Crystal performs at the Washington Improv Theater with ensemble teams Hellcat and Lena Dunham. Follow her on Instagram at at specialkram. Jamal Newman played Hassan Gray. Jamal performs with Lena Dunham and Nixon. You can follow him on Instagram and Twitter at at hellonewman and find him at jamalnewman.com. Optophobia was produced by Tim Townsend. Music was composed by Bart Warshaw. Cover art by Claire Smalley. Website by Chance Griffin. Thanks for listening. Until next week, keep them open. <laughs>